Welcome to Off the Roll. I'm your host, Troy Hirschman. And a happy 2024. It is New Year's Day here at the Wolfpack Farm Recording Studios. Um, And I'm starting this podcast with none other than Neil Hazen. Um, Neil, when, when I found out that Neil was being inducted into the Ball State Athletics Hall of Fame on October 25th, um, we really tried hard to try to set something up sooner than later to do this podcast and nothing ever worked out. Neil's going through some health issues right now. Um, uh, he's fine, uh, but, um, but his schedule was pretty tight. So we finally sat down a couple of days ago at the Knights of Columbus and Muncie, had ourselves a little talk, had a great time doing it. And now I'm bringing it to you here in 2024. So this will be a two-parter. Um, Neil goes over his entire career and some great memories that we talk about. And then he will be back um, as a guest host with some more podcasts that I have coming up here in 2024. So let's get to it. Let's go off the roll with Neil Hazen. And welcome to Off the Roll. I'm your host, Troy Hirschman. I'm here today with recent uh, Ball State Athletics Hall of Fame inductee, Neil Hazen. Neil, how are you doing today? Doing great, Troy. Thanks for having me on here on the show. It's yeah, we're, we're having to be here. Yeah, this is a special episode. We are at the um, Muncie Nights of Columbus. We're having a little bourbon um, at... 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to do this podcast. So all you folks that have been waiting for this to happen, um, it should be pretty entertaining as we hear Neil's story um, and get started with this. So Neil, um, you know, I'm going to ask you the, kind of the opening question. Well, first of all, where's your hometown at? Cherubusco, Indiana. What's Cherubusco famous for? None other than Oscar the Turtle. There we go. Yeah, we have participated in the Turtle Day Parades, haven't we? We certainly have, yep. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've brought some unique perspectives to it as well. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. yeah. Even even at one time, your parents were with fake grandchildren. <laughs> that was one of the best, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. Hey, wait a minute, those aren't my kids, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get rolling. So Cherubusco, Indiana, uh, what year did you graduate from Cherubusco? 1981. So... Um, and then, you know, what, what kind of, you know, what kind of, uh, you were obviously, you're involved in athletics, so you had to be kind of an athletic person. What were you involved with sport-wise at Cherubusco? So primarily football, but also uh, track and field, and uh, actually was a manager for basketball, which like some other folks you've had on the show, being a manager for basketball kind of led one of the coaches to inquire about going to a, a workshop, which unfortunately I never did, but it, it did stir up my interest that eventually led to my career here at Ball State. Um, so, uh, I think the, the thing is, is that, that it's interesting that we've all had somebody that inspired us to, to kind of look at those things. And, and for you is a little bit more delayed because from what I understand, you, you, Graduated from Cherubusco, and you didn't go to Ball State right away, right? That is correct. I I spent five years in undergraduate to uh, attend three universities or colleges. <coughs> uh, started off at Earlham College, then I went to Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, which is what it was called at the time, and uh, did 
two years and really got into my prereqs there for, for physical therapy because my, my first year I spent looking into more of the, more of the sciences of, uh, of astronomy, uh, physics, and computer science. And that was a day when I was in my computer science classes that everything that's now contained on an iPhone or smaller took up an entire room. <laughs> and uh, it's just amazing how far it's come. But if, if I'd have stayed with that, I could have been on the ground floor of, of coming into the computer science industry and programming. And I remember Cobalt. I don't remember how to do it, but I remember that as one of the that probably came programming. In, it probably came in handy when you're trying to figure out the Cybex a little bit, too, when it was going haywire, huh? It, yeah, you know, it, it's funny you said that, but yeah, the, the Cybex, and before that, we even had the Kincom. And, yeah. And those were, yeah, those were computer-driven, and it, that background definitely helped me out there. And But to, to finish up, I went from Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and then got into physical therapy school and the, the short-lived program there. It was I was in the fourth and final class uh, before they decided to drop the program, but got my physical therapy degree. And during that time, I actually had, I had uh, a good buddy that I had first met and known a little bit from Earlham, and we showed up at physical therapy school the first day, he and I looking for the classrooms, <laughs> and he was the first person I saw. And it uh, we, he, he got me hooked up because he was also in the athletic training program and got me over and I got to meet Don Vogelsang and and then the, that was my first year and then our second year in physical therapy school Rex came in so I got to meet Rex Sharp and Tony Cox and and the rest just took off from there. So so that guy was Bruce Reeder. Yeah. And so Bruce was in the athletic training program first and then to physical therapy school or was it he was kind of doing both at the same time. He was doing both at the same time. He he was he would have been in athletic training, and and do, and at that time it was a uh, it was a minor in athletic training. Right. And uh, so he was he was in the program. He you know he was he was well known in in the program at that time, and he helped bring me over there. And like I say, meet meet Don and Rex, and and first taught me. He showed me how to tape, and I didn't do enough of it to to really pick up. So, got to throw out some kudos to Dave Jessup here because he <laughs> he really when I came in to work full time, then he 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 really took me took me to task and showed me what I needed to do and made me go at it until I got it right. So, thanks to Dave too. Yeah, and that, and that was a time where I mean I'm sure that as you were entering physical therapy school, it wasn't. Those things were not a, a priority to, to learn. You were learning more of kind of the gamut of of not only physical therapy for act, an active population, but physical therapy for nursing home patients and and hospitalized patients. And, and so taping and strapping and wrapping and stuff was just, it, it was maybe you like got an overview of it and that was about it um, to do that. Is that kind of where that was coming from? Yeah, exactly. Um you know, I after I graduated from physical therapy school, uh, that first year out, I actually worked in a small hospital up by Cherubusco in Columbia City at Willie County Hospital, and that was 
that was a great experience because for that year, like you just mentioned, I worked with every population you could imagine from the, the young orthopedic type injuries to the, the middle age back pains and injuries that they sustained and, and all the way up to the, the elderly and, and everything from strokes, anything neurological, orthopedic with total joints. It was at a time when the DRGs were just coming into effect, so it was starting to impact the, uh, the length of stays for people in the hospital, and that led to home health, which I also covered. So it, that, was, that was a unique experience in itself to be able to go out into the homes and, 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 and help continue therapy and, and work with people in that setting. So, um, so was it just you at the hospital? Did you have other therapists that you worked with at the hospital at that time? I had a, a supervising physical therapist at that at that time, and so there were two of us. When I came on board, it made two of us in the department. And I think like any good department, our office coordinator or receptionist was the one that really kept everything moving and kept it in line and, and just had some really good people to work with there. And and one, one thing I even started on the side uh, was a, I did a, I started up a stroke club. So people that had strokes, I went to a, one of the nursing homes I went to to cover. We did that also in addition to home health. But in one of the nursing homes, I started that up, and I'd have six or eight patients and their families oh, wow. come to that. And we just talked about strategies, things to continue, cause, because those, those folks had, were still, the majority of the function they were getting back had come back, but just trying to, help them learn how to continue to deal with what they what they had and to maximize it and to continue working on some things to at least maintain what they had, if not improve a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, And the other thing I did to, to further uh, my athletic training interest, because I, I never lost that, but when I was at Ball State going through physical therapy school, it just, it just wasn't really feasible to be able to, to do both. So... When I was at Columbia City, I assisted Sherry Bibbler-Skaggs, who was a Ball State alum, which furthered my interest in, in Ball State. She knew I was an alum from there, too, at that point. Uh, again, after going to three undergraduate schools. And, and, oh, yeah. And, and physical therapy was a bachelor's degree back at that time. So uh, I don't have a master's, and I don't have a doctorate in physical therapy, but I, I think uh, experience is been a, a wonderful thing to teach teach me a lot of things and, and things that I could share with others. But I actually worked with uh, with Sherry at the with the, the football team and a few other sports and uh, again just further stimulated my interest in athletic training. So it was a great experience at Whitley County Memorial Hospital. So was she was she the hired through the school at that time or was it through a, through the hospital? To cover Columbia City, she she was, I believe, coming in from Warsaw, the hospital there. Okay, I, I think that's where she was, and I don't know that at that time. I don't think there was a contract with with the hospital to cover Columbia City. I think she just did that independently as an independent contractor. Tractor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, back then there wasn't 
a ton of athletic trainers. This is back in the mid to late 80s, right? I mean, there yeah, wasn't this, a, this would have been, yeah, 1986, 87. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a ton of high school athletic trainers that were, that how, outreach thing had not caught on yet for, for athletic trainers a whole lot. So, yeah. um, so what, you're, you're there for, what, a year, year and a half? Just a little over a year, yeah. I started in June, and and then it was it was in the fall of 1987 that actually it was in I think August that Becky and I had gone to visit Bruce and his wife Shirley. Yeah. And just just happened that Bruce said he had just started a job in Kokomo, so we we drove down to Kokomo to see him from the Fort Wayne area. And he had just started a new job there and wasn't really in a position when Rex called him to say that, hey, this contract position that we have, which was through physical therapy services, which became Baxter Physical Therapy, but it was started by Dick Hoover. So that was, that was my first real exposure to getting to know and, and meet Dick Hoover a little bit. But... But Bruce told me about the position. He said Rex had called him, and uh, I called, I called Rex then, based on Bruce's recommendation, and and Rex was very receptive and said, "Come on down, check check things out," which I did, and I walked in. They were getting ready to go play Wisconsin in football, and and uh, Tony and Rex were both there at, out at the football stadium underneath the stands and the, the small little area they had at the time. We're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be? You want to sit yeah. in on it? We got some bourbon. Come we're, on over. Yeah, yeah. Troy brought his bourbon, so yeah. You can you can verify stories if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the at that time it was still the old facility uh, as far as over it, over it, at what had been men's gym. Now it was called University Gym before it be, before it became Irving Gym. But I had been in that facility with Bruce before, so I really didn't go over there and visit. My main purpose was to visit with with uh, Rex and Tony, and eventually I eventually I got to meet Cindy McKnight and and uh, Mike Ferrara and some of the graduate assistants that were there at the time. But but that visit with Rex convinced me that, that this was a good opportunity. Again, they had started the program with physical therapy services in 1986. It was actually my senior year at Ball State. So there was stuff in the daily news and, you know, we, we knew something was going on, but I, I didn't know the, all the, the details, but that was when Dick Hoover really influxed our department with, with a bunch of really nice and new equipment. Right. Tables, just dressed it up. And uh, actually at that time took over the... Uh, the salaries and the benefits for for all the the athletic folks and provided stipends for for GAs and some of the academic folks, and it, it was it was a very generous gift from from Dick Hoover, and then that that carried over into into Baxter Physical Therapy as Dick sold the company to Baxter, and so we were actually a, a satellite clinic for physical therapy services in Baxter, so we. We were actually doing some billing for services, and they needed a physical therapist to come in to be able to to, to see and treat the patients for billing. Because so, the idea was that that 
you had these you had these patient you had a patient population that was captured supposedly theoretically of athletes that you could bill their insurance and then recoup that money to pay for staffing and equipment and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. theoretically, yeah. Correct, and you know, and, and of course Dick Hoover brought Glenn Snow on to, to work with him, and, and Glenn's become a very dear friend as well. And uh, but 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 those guys had it set up. We were actually able to bring in some community folks also, which they they have, they enjoyed coming into that atmosphere that we were able to treat and bill. Uh, but but yeah, so so Donna Hardesty was the first physical therapist that started that, and she she resigned because she was getting married and and ready to start a large family and. At least I thought it was large at that time until, until I had <laughs> we eight children of my we own. We can get into that now. <laughs> we'll get into the, to the kids' so, count here in a minute, but yeah. So it was when Donna resigned is when they, they needed to find somebody, and that's why Bruce, being a physical therapist, was the first one Rex reached out to, and when Bruce told me about it, and it just seemed like a natural fit. And So, so, so really, you're the third time's a charm. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Third time's a charm. It 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 it, it, uh, it certainly set up something for for a long term. In oh that my aspect. gosh! I never imagined it <coughs> coming down. Uh, yeah, I thought it'd, it'd be a great environment, and I'd really enjoy it for five to ten years, maybe. And uh, again, the way things work with families as they grow, and and. Yeah. You just never know, but I, I certainly never envisioned becoming a head athletic trainer when I first got there. But and that, I guess that leads me to how I became a certified athletic trainer because I, I was a licensed physical therapist, and I have a pretty unusual story with with the way I kind of backed into things. But so as I mentioned at, at the time, Ball State had a minor. In, in athletic training, but I already had a, a bachelor's degree, so at that time they also still had the, the uh, I don't want to, it's not, it wasn't an apprentice, what was the, the term? It was an internship. Yeah. It, internship still, or after yeah. certification. Yeah. Exactly. You had to get so many, what was it, it was like 1,500 hours or something like that, 1,800 I, hours. I believe, it was, I believe it was 1,500. It might yeah. have been 1,800. As opposed but, to 800 clinical hours that you had to get if you went through a, a accredited program through correct. the NATA. And it was through the NATA at the time. There was yeah. no NATA, BOC. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So So I also had to pick up like maybe four or six additional courses. Oh, you remember what the courses were? Well, one one was Tony's class, the uh, intro to <laughs> athletic training, yeah. and, and again learned learned how to tape again, and and uh, yeah, just just all the things you need to know about athletic was, training who, was certainly the most who beneficial was in that class. class with you. Do you remember that? Oh man, I know. I, if you ask yeah. me, who was in my classes? Yeah, I, could, I, mean, I can I, only give you a few names. But. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to look back on that. Because that was an intro class, so that's 87, 88, 89? Yeah, it would have been in uh, 88. Yeah, 88 was would have been when I took it, and I can't remember if Chris Robinson was there yet at that time. or 
I mean, <coughs> Dave Weichel. I mean, there, there's so many from that era. Uh, yeah. Maybe Andy Rankin. Um, 88, yeah. 89 would have been, because that would have been a year before I got there. So um, maybe Diane Talbot. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, Mark Lito could have been in there again. That's true. Mark could have been. I don't think he was, though. So, um, I think uh, he and Dave Jessup and uh, that group were already. Uh, further advanced. Yeah. I mean, there was probably that entry level. It might have been, Michael might have been in there. You know, that, that he would probably remember about that more than anything, really. Um, I don't know if he mentioned that in his podcast, if you were in his intro class or not. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but so, so you had that probably, um, did you have injury evaluation? Uh, no, really, really. Tony's class was the only one I had to take and, and uh, yeah, I, would think, yeah, I, I, I learned so much in there, but it, it was funny. I mean, Tony, Tony really took care of me in there, but I, I also taught some some of the physical therapy yeah. uh, parts for the class. So it was it was just a again such a unique opportunity and unique <laughs> situation. You have your student teaching. Yeah, your student is teaching. Your student is teaching the parts of the class that you would normally teach because he's in the class. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that was, that was unique. I, I think maybe exercise physiology may have been one of the classes I had to pick up on and, uh, gosh, probably, a, probably, I don't, it wasn't anatomy. It wasn't kinesiology. I had all that in physical therapy, but I want to say there, there was at least four classes total that I, yeah. Had to take, so I took those classes, you know, just working in that setting and observing what else was going on and, and right. the hands-on stuff. I, I pretty easily got my 1,500 hours in. So, so who signed off for you to take the exam? I believe it was Rex. Rex or Tony. Yeah. Or, or maybe both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I still remember I went over to Granville for the certification exam in January of 1990. And uh, I actually... Passed it the first time through, so so as of January of 1990, I've also been a certified athletic trainer. But I joined the NATA when I started started that route in 1988, so I'm about a 36-year 30, member or something yeah, now of the NATA. Yeah. So so yeah, it's been it's been quite a path, and uh, and you know I, I was a physical therapy first, and then with my passion, athletic trainer and when Rex had his big opportunity and went to Missouri, it, uh, well, let, let's, it gave me let's, a pathway. Yeah, so yeah. We, anyway, I'll let no, you no, take no, the no. lead let's, here. Let's hold on. I mean, because at that time that you came in, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, not only not only is, is you're coming in, this whole new model of how we're going to do rehab and bill athletes for it. Um, we're building a new facility. Um, oh, by the way, we're moving from a minor to a major in athlete training. Um, and Mike Ferrara is off getting his PhD. Cindy's kind of running the program. Then Mike comes back. Cindy takes off. We hire another. We hire Tom Weiner in the mix there somewhere um, towards the end of that. That point before Rex leaves for Missouri is there's a ton of stuff going on in athletic training. What do you see as some of those highlights that, that happened during that time when you were just coming in, from your perspective. Well, number one, I was just so impressed with 
it was a great era of athletic training students that, that went through it at that point in time. I mean, we, we've mentioned some names already, but, uh, you know, you, you throw Mike Miller in that mix. You, you, we mentioned Andy. Uh, uh, we, we mentioned uh, Diane Talbot. Uh, but some, some of the other ones were... Uh, uh, Okay, they won't kill you. Jo jo no, Joanne Grant. I don't want to miss names here, but uh, yeah, because Deb, Deb, Deb was in that mix, and uh, just you know, Brett Draper was. I just I didn't see a lot of him when I first got there. He was off with the Eagles, and right then he came back and graduated. But Brett was in that that group, and yeah, and you know, but just just the overall quality of of all those students going through and and the interaction. I mean, if the, you think that we had with all them, that that would be the number one <laughs> if you, thing. If you, but. I think if you think about it now, I mean, you, you have like who you just mentioned, Draper, who's still actively participating. You have Doug Dietzel, who's still a practicing physician up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. You have Angie Miller, who's still practicing. Yep. Dave Jessup, Mark Lido, um, and then you have Dave Weichel and and Jeremy Hunt in the early '90s, and and um, Brian Jones, Mike Miller. Um, Trent Stratton, all those that group right there was just kind Trent of Trent Trump, yeah. Trent Trump, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other people that I know. That, I don't want to leave anybody out, right, but there's exactly, two. There's too many. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That that are still actually practicing athletic training. That that um, are are still influential in their in their ideas and stuff. But um, and I think that's interesting that you mentioned that the students were kind of the the highlight to you of what you kind of remember about that that group coming through. Um, unfortunately, I think that that has now, we've gone away from that focus and that aspect of remembering the time period, the timestamp of, of that group coming through. I mean, we remember that time frame by the students that were there rather than the experiences that we had. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit too, but there's 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 just a thing where those people were central to, to the to everything going on. Basically, the care that was provided. Um, I mean, there was stuff that happened athletically, injuries that happened that you remember and stuff, and rehabs that you participated in. But it still goes back to the students that were there at that time. Yeah, it really does, and you know, and also the student athletes, which is the reason that we were there in the first place. Right. And I remember a lot of special. Special ones that, unfortunately for them, that they spend a lot of time with me or right. you know in the athletic training room. But, but some that didn't have to also. There's just so many over the years. It's 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 incredible and a privilege to have been part of their careers and part of you know what they're now what they're doing now. And yeah, uh, yeah it's just that part was just amazing. Do you, do you have any that stick out to you during that time? Well, you know what? There, there were there were some early ones. Dave Buddenbaum was a golfer for us and had had a, a bit of a back situation going on, and worked with him quite a bit. And and uh, yeah, I've got I've I've got pictures in my head. I know who I'm trying to say, right. but but names are kind of hard to pop up for me. But uh, there there was a gymnast. There 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 were obviously a lot of football players. Uh, more than one gymnast, but uh, and just somebody from every sport, honestly, at the time. And we had men's 
track and field and cross country, indoor, outdoor track and field and 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 saw a lot of those folks too and just some some really, really, really good athletes and and some folks that, that just made the most of the talent they had and worked really hard and you know, just pushed themselves and and if if they didn't make it to the pros in some way, shape or form, they 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 they've become pros at something other than sports, you know, and then they, a lot of them stay in coaching, coaching their kids or doing something. And it's just, it's just, again, been such a privilege to even be able to follow their careers and what they've, what they've gone on to, to, to become and what they're doing. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, kind of being in that era a little bit in that group, um, you know, some of them that I remember um, that I think you probably actively participated in that were probably just really tough cases. Um, Robert Glover is somebody that I, I distinctly remember with that knee injury that he had and and him coming back from that. Um, and we talk about Kevin Furnish all the time. That year was very – that year, his senior year was, was, was really challenging, and especially on the heels of, of – Hank gathers and having a cardiac issue and and stuff like that is that there was a lot of unknowns that were going on with that at the time too and um, uh, gosh I'm trying to think of some other people that in my time that that really stuck out to me as a student that had some challenging stuff well for me it was it was Kathy Lewis or the softball yeah. player with a shoulder yeah. injury that um, you know we there was no there was no guarantee that she was going to be able to come back and and, right. and could could come back, and I remember you were you were very influential with me. Even though as students, that was the other thing too. As students, we were we were left to our own devices to try to figure some of that stuff out. And you were always a great resource to go. Okay, I'm. This is what the doctor wants. How would you go about doing X, Y, and Z with this particular athlete? And and um, we may not remember the the details of that, nor do we probably want to broadcast that on a podcast but <laughs> but but um but the idea was is that that you were always a great resource as opposed to just another athletic trainer to go talk to eventually you became that other athletic trainer but um but that was always a, something that a lot of places didn't have was a physical therapist around that had that therapy background that could help you figure out those things to try to help people get back to things um and that was just something that that I always thought was really, really cool about having that opportunity. And I was lucky because I went from you at Ball State to the University of Utah for graduate school, who their head athlete trainer was a physical therapist too, and, and um, could learn a little bit from that background as well. So, well, so, that, that was a big orthotics opportunity for you too, oh yeah, which it, you just took and ran with and have done a great job with that. Yeah, and, and that very much was – an interest thing that, that I, that I wanted to, to learn from was spend some time with Bill. And, and I did, I mean, that was part of what, uh, you know, part of an internship that I did with him there was just hanging out in the orthotics lab and, and learning about that. And that has obviously spurred on not me necessarily building orthotics, but having a, a mindset to kind of look at things differently to, to analyze those things and figure out what people need. But, but anyway, back to, to kind of, so it's, 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 um, you know, and, and we could talk about all the stuff that happened outside of athletic training, the stories that, you know. Uh, Maybe we can't talk about those. Oh, <laughs> the podcast. We can talk about those. But, 
but um, you know that was the era of how how could we forget Joe Burton um, and, right. and some of your some of your battles with Joe and <laughs> oh we, we battled Joe Joe was great though he he took everything in stride and we yeah we we practical joked each other and and yeah but 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 Joe was certainly unique but. Uh, one of the more memorable athletic training students oh, yeah. we've ever had. And, and we can't forget Troy Hirschman and Dwayne Gove that came <laughs> yeah, through that era, yeah. <laughs> as well as some of the great athletic training students we had. And I, I've learned so much from you, Troy, that I, I can never thank you enough. Oh, so oh, thank you. That's that's okay. This is this this isn't about me, podcast wise. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> you do you need to podcast yourself here. At <laughs> yeah, some point. I I guess I'll have to. I don't know. If that's a little bit. Maybe neurotic to interview myself. Well, maybe you can teach me how to do your end of it. I'll interview you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was always there's a there's a lot of things to have fun with, um, and that was the one thing that you and Rex and Tony always made sure it was fun. It was it, that we that we 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 worked hard, but we but we played hard. Um, you know, trips to to the five hundred and and. Um, qualifications and those types of things, um, road trips to Red Roost. I mean, just, I can go on and on and on about um, the stuff that we did to, to have fun. Uh, same with, we've talked about Dave Plub on the podcast before and the stuff that happened with Dave. Um, but um, one thing I do want to get, since we're talking about Joe Burton, and, and we, we have to share the Noel Rubenheimer story. Oh, that that was a dandy because, because it was a dandy and it was extremely creative, and um, it was it was something that um, has lived on uh, through different types of things. Um, still to this day at Ball State, I think he's listed as a men's tennis player in the in the EMR system as a test patient. But uh, we've had to answer some questions about that. You know, like who is this guy and what's he doing. Um, I don't remember this guy, but yeah, if you can share that, that would be awesome. Oh yeah, and we, you know, and, and as you were saying, I mean, we we just had such a family atmosphere. The camaraderie was was incredible, and, and as athletic training students, we had such a small staff. And you're right, the athletic training students just, you know, got thrown into some situations, but it, it wasn't without calculation. I mean, as a staff, we'd sit down and discuss, you know, who was really ready to do something capable and ready to take that right. next step in growth. And if it was somebody that wasn't ready, they wouldn't be put in that situation. But it worked well and people learned well for, for many years. But but Noel Lubenkeimer was one of the highlights for sure. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the on the on the EMR set that Noel still shows up and creates questions. We also went through a period <laughs> where any time a free sample was offered, we had it sent to Noel Lubenheimer. So it would come into the office and people would go, who's this? I said, I'll take care of that. That, that and Gomez Adams. <laughs> or, that, or Adams Gomez. Yeah, yeah, that was a Dave Plummer there when he, when, when, yeah, he, he came up with yeah, Adam, Adams Gomez. Who's Adams Gomez? Anyway, that was great. But So with the uh, Noel Lubenheimer story, uh, yeah, and, and, and Steve, Steve Lubehusen was, was a, a big part of how we came up with Lubenheimer. <laughs> and and uh, I can't remember how we came up with Noel, but maybe it was an offshoot of Neil. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, it could have been. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, J Joe was just always after me and, you know, trying to outshine me and, 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 and do everything. So we set him up to outshine me. And uh, one of our observers uh, was, a, was a taller young man, and uh, we had him pose as Noel Lubenkeimer, a uh, tennis player who had a neck, a neck problem, a sore neck. And so I, w I, I would treat him a couple times, and Joe, Joe was just always around. He, he, yeah. he, he paid attention. He noticed I was treating him, and he, he would try to go talk to him a little bit. And after a couple days of me treating him, uh, quote, unquote, Noel Lubenkeimer told Joe that I just wasn't worth a lick and I wasn't helping him get better at all. And, and Joe let him know that he could help him. Yeah. So <laughs> behind my back, he started treating him. Yeah. Or so he thought was behind my back. <laughs> he, he was in complete observation. <laughs> but anyway, Joe, Joe, Joe had treated him, I think, the second day. And uh, he, le he left. He said, man, you're, you are so much better than Neil. This feels so good. <laughs> and he left. And the next day, he came back into the athletic training room, and Rex was there, and Tony was there, and I was there. He walked into the office really ticked off. He, he just was mad as hell. And this is Noel Lubenkeimer. And he came in. He's wearing a neck brace and just... And, Joe came, Joe came in, and Joe didn't know what to say. So, Joe, if you're out there listening, this, this was a great story. you got to know this, this ranks right at the top. But uh, he came in, Noel came in and said, you had me so relaxed that as I was walking from the, this is when we were in the health center. We had yeah. gotten moved there. Yeah, that's right. A temporary facility. Uh, he was walking back over to his dorm across the street, and as he was crossing the street, his neck just spontaneously dislocated. <laughs> and so he's wearing a neck brace, and he, told, he tells Joe, I'm going to sue you, and I'm, I'm, we're going to court, and I'm, I'm going to take you for everything. And poor Joe is just, he didn't know what to do. And, this, and is, this, is, this guy, is, he lived in a box in Howick Hall. He had nothing. <laughs> right? He lived in a box. Yeah. He lived in a box. He I had, saw the box. I Yes, yeah. I did too. I saw the box too. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> he had a computer. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, Joe was highly intelligent. He 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 had come to us. I think he had a stint in the Air Force and uh, was a non-traditional student. And and Rex, God bless him, brought him into the program. And and Joe Joe's legacy lives on because this Noel Lubenheimer story just had Joe beside himself and really upset and. And uh, yeah, we I think we recorded the incident. I don't know that we got a real good <laughs> tape on it. But we had we certainly had the audio. Maybe maybe that can become part of a podcast. podcast yeah, <laughs> we can dig that up. Poor, poor Joe. But, <coughs> but anyway, yeah. Afterward, you know, he found out we were pranking him, and Joe always was a, a retaliation sort of guy. So I don't remember his exact retaliation on that, but there's a lot of stories with Joe. But that that. Creating oh. no, and we had we had notes, clinical notes on Noel Lubenkeimer, yeah. and Joe was combing over those and looking at them, and <laughs> just didn't agree with my treatment protocol at all. And because uh, part yeah, of the, part I of this part of this was that he was going over to the dorms and treating male tennis players behind your back in the and first swimmers, place. Yeah. and swimmers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the dorm rooms treating them 
<laughs> because he could get them better than you could. And and so he was like doing all this, and you guys were trying to stem that tide of Joe going over and doing that stuff. I mean, holy smokes. Yeah. But yeah. Tony Ortiz and some of those other men's tennis players just egged, egged it on. Yeah. You know, they just they would bring him over and just tell him how great they felt. And how, you know, they just had his ego so built up that he, he couldn't help but help <laughs> help himself on those. Oh. It was he just loved it. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I think again, his heart was in the right place. No doubt. And um, he had a great passion for it. But but um, but it was a little bit uh, risky to be taking care of that stuff as a student on your own. Well, and in yeah. those days, you could get away with it. That that yeah. wouldn't that would not fly in this day and age. Oh yeah, it would definitely not fly. So so we kind of get to 1996, and and the the story the story on that. Let's let's talk a little bit um, because Rex can. Whenever Rex comes on the podcast by himself, which is something I want to do definitely in the new year here. Um, we're, we're all at the track, right? We're all hanging out. You know, we knew that you knew that Rex was interviewing at Missouri and stuff. And then, um, pretty soon that he's gone. He went to Kroger hmm. in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there even a Kroger in Columbia, Missouri? Uh, they, had, they had a very nice Kroger in Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that opens up the spot. Excuse me. What were you thinking when all this is going on? I mean, I mean, um, are you thinking about this? Are you thinking like, hey, this I might want to do this? Are you thinking about knowing you? You were thinking about other people, I'm sure. So, kind of explain your thought process on that. Yeah, it, when, when when Rex left, I knew things were going to change, and if things didn't fall right, I I knew I could very easily be leaving, and you know. At that time, Baxter Physical Therapy was still in existence. They eventually sold out to Hell South, which ended up going belly up, and right. prison sentences were handed out, and a lot of things happened with Hell South. But so I had opportunities to go do other things, get back up to the Fort Wayne area, and uh, like I said earlier, I never really <clears throat> envisioned myself becoming a head athletic trainer, and. Uh, when Rex left, my first thought was, "Well, hopefully, this will work out, and you know, right? It, it, it's gonna, it's gonna happen, and, and I can just kind of continue on in this role because it, it was, it was good. Because yeah, it was good. Back because Baxter had actually canceled our contract back in 1990, and that's when I became a, a Ball State employee. Right, just, just about." little after the time I got certified as an athletic trainer. So it was nice that Ball State took us all back on. You know, I, I hadn't been but became a Ball State employee and Rex, Tony, and and either Vicki or Trish, they, they became Ball State employees too at that time. And so, yeah, that, that part all worked out very well. But I'm a Ball State employee now and Rex is leaving and, yeah, my first thought was things are going to change, and I don't, I really don't want to do this. And as the process evolved, and you know the rumors fly around, and, and you know there was outside candidates that they were seemed seemed like they were very interested in. I mean, there were I think there were close 
close to a hundred applications. I'm sure. That, yeah. For that I position mean, back yeah. in that Hyman era. Yeah. And I just, like you said, I thinking thinking of the whole program and the best way to keep from upsetting the apple cart at the time and and keep the atmosphere going of, of you know taking care of one another because you know the, the the compensation wasn't great and but in those days we we probably had less turnover than the majority of places and kept season professionals with us right because of, because of that atmosphere because of the caring we had for one another we'd jump in and help cover things or whatever needed to be done if something was coming up and right people really needed to get away we didn't say well you got to be there and, and and miss a big opportunity or an unfortunate opportunity that you needed to be with with your family right or friends so that that helped that helped a lot, and then I, I knew there was a good chance that might not continue, depending where it went. So I, I just, you know, I decided I probably I need to put my name in the hat, and and the, the you know the committee was, was was all lined up. Pat Quinn was the yeah the, who was on uh, the he committee. He was the chair. So yeah, on that committee, uh, Bob Bob South from. Forget what department he was from, but he was he was from a, another department. Was on the committee to as a faculty right. person to come in and, and be on it. But Dennis Springer from football was on it. Kathy Bull from women's tennis. Uh, Jay Matchett, Tom Widener, Pat. I might be missing one or two there. Right. Oh, and then we had a couple students on it. Kylie Canablo and 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 uh, Deanna Witte at the time now yeah. Myers, those were the two student representatives on it. And do you know who they brought in to interview? Did you, you, did you ever figure that out? Yeah, um, the outside candidates was well, some names are going to lose me, but Bob Bob uh, he was up at the University of. Minnesota, he was their hockey athletic trainer. I'll come up with it later. Yeah, that's okay. But, uh, and then uh, uh, University of Cincinnati, Ball State alum. Pat Grayman. Pat Grayman, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, it was... From Grand Valley, he ended up at Grand Valley State and passed away. Oh, uh, Mark. Um, Not Mark, but the yeah he had the yeah brain cancer. Uh, yeah. Anyway, those, those yeah, were the I three. Got it. Yeah. Those were the three. So yeah, three three pretty good candidates. So, right. Um, but you know the that committee, I I don't think it could have been lined up any better looking back on it from, from my perspective to to be in favor of me and so Andrea Seeger was our AD at the time and the committee I guess pretty overwhelmingly went back to her and said you know they wanted me so she went with it and next thing you knew 
Yeah. I was the head athletic trainer at Ball State. And, yeah, and I think there was a lot of alumni support um, for you as well. I mean, I know that I wrote, yeah. I wrote a letter. and, well, and Thank you. There was a lot of people <laughs> that, that wrote letters. Thanks in, to all of you. Yeah, to, to in support of you, um, just from the fact that there had been a, there'd been a lot of success. And why mess with with that successful uh, formula? Formula, that, yeah. yeah. And and um, you know, I I think that that you at that time, you know, Sean's at St. Joe's, so you decided to bring Sean on, and that was kind of the secret sauce that kind of got everything going. Um, you within so you bring Sean on. Did you have one year with Trish, and then you brought Jen in, or was it Jen? Was Jen kind of the same year as Sean? Actually, actually, Trish was one of the internal candidates, and when so when she didn't get it, she ended up moving to Georgia and going to, I think it was PA school. I think it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Trish was gone then, and that so that's when we brought Jen in. So we had we brought Sean in right away, and then it took a little bit to get Jen in, but that that again just. You talk about people that just clicked, clicked, and and yeah. put that success mode, and and accelerated it. I mean, it just we were so blessed, and just it was great to have such great people come in, and and yeah, Jen Bednar at the time, now Jen Bednar Herrick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So 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 this is how we're going to start this discussion. So how many kids at that time in 1996? Yeah. Uh, Two, two. There with, we go. With one on the way. One on the way. Yes. <laughs> we're right. gonna we're, in this podcast for for reference. We're going to mark the time by the amount of Neil's kids <laughs> when they when they came into this world, and and, and we'll we'll kind of stage it up that way. So we had three kids. We had Mary, Rachel, and and uh, Sarah. And Sarah was, was on the way. Sarah was on the way. All right. So so you take this job. You're you're, you're um, you also have. You know, you're coming into this 1996 season. I mean, you have you have a successful football season that year, correct? I mean, uh, yeah, we were conference champions. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're kind of went like, to the Vegas Bowl. Yeah, yeah. you're kind of like, wow, this is what it's going to be like. <laughs> yeah, <okay." laughs> hey, we're going to win championships every year. This is easy. <laughs> but but um, but there's obviously things that happen down the road with that. I mean. What are kind of some some highlights, um, we'll say to the early two thousands that you kind of remember a little bit with that? I mean, Tony's still on board, so so that's still still kind of going with Tony and stuff. And and um, what what do you kind of remember with some of those highlights? Gosh, just like you know, winning the championship in football my first year, which was really just not handed to me, but. I mean, just such a great group of athletes, and you know, we were just we were one play away from being conference champions a year year before. So, right, we just had a bunch of tough kids that you know we we stayed healthy and uh, avoided major injuries that year, and yeah, everything just lined up, and you know, Rex had things pretty well set with football that you know those guys knew what to do and how to take care of themselves. So, and and remind me. You know, one thing that a lot of people don't pay attention to when we talk about Ball State Athletic Training, and we talk about this a lot, but when did the fellowship, sports medicine fellowship start? Was it was it right around that time? Was it a little bit before that? 
A um, little bit before that, Rex was still there. He and, and Dr. Tom Severe, uh, they, they, they talked a lot. I mean, you know, obviously that fellowship program reached a lot deeper, and Tom did an unbelievable job getting that relationship developed and Ball, Ball Hospital to, to be the sponsors. That's back in the days when it was still Ball right. Hospital. And it was just a, a tremendous, a tremendous program, and obviously Ball State benefited from it. We, right, 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 right. You know, uh, just recently retired uh, Dr. Jared uh, Jones. Jones, yep, yeah. was was the first fellow, and I want to say that was around ninety one, ninety two, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then after that, they started bringing two in every year. And that program lasted until probably... Well, 2000, 2004, Yeah, you, you, were back, you were back at that time. I was time, back so, at that yeah. time. But, but the thing is, is that to have that level of... You just talked about keeping people healthy. To have that level of, of health care available to your student athletes to to coincide with what you're bringing to the table with experience and and knowledge and people um i I think that's the thing again you have this great athletic training staff and then you put that together with a great team physician group but with with the sports medicine fellows and dr matchett dr abansky um with that group at cio at that time i mean you really kind of you you founded this, you were in this place where <coughs> a lot of people would be envious to be in from a from a sports medicine standpoint. You had a lot of resources at your availability to take care of kids, and and as we know now, that's a struggle. It is a real struggle to try to marriage that stuff together unless you're at a research institution. <coughs> excuse me, that has <coughs> those resources. Yeah. Again, just. Really wasn't any of my doing. Rex and Tom had that set up. Tom did such a wonderful job with that, and uh, it, it was just—it was incredible what we had in Muncie, Indiana. I mean, it, it was as good as anything at the time, like you were saying in Indianapolis or anywhere else. We had—we had two fellows coming over. We had so much coverage for football at that point and, and basketball. I mean, it, we had a physician at. At all these different events and gymnastics and and uh, those were the primary ones: men's and women's basketball, gymnastics, and, and football. But gosh, it was it was just unbelievable to have those resources and and that expertise because the fellows they brought in were very very well vetted and and it was an, an incredible group. <laughs> year after year <coughs> of the knowledge they brought and you know the, the things they wanted to do and and uh, and and Dr. Matt Roush came in and you know as a first a fellow and then stayed on as as Dr. Tom Severe's assistant uh, with the program and and he just was so involved and just so intense and had so many ideas and was throwing so much out <laughs> So fast, it was a little overwhelming, but it was, it was good. I mean, it kept us at the forefront. We were doing some things that no other place was doing, which 
can go either way sometimes. Right, right, but right. It, yeah. But we were doing things, and and like you said, unfortunately, in this day and age, things just aren't like that. We we've had some great resources over the years, and 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 unfortunately, as as Ball Hospital evolved, and became, you know, got became part of IU Health System and some other things that were going on, just the politics of it have eventually led to the, the fellowship being dissolved. Uh, we still had Dr. Matchett, who was just, just unbelievable for what he brought to our program. Yeah, and, future guest on the podcast, Dr. Matchett, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll have fun. We will have fun. I'll let Neil join me, so there you go. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, you know, after the fellowship dissolved, we were still so blessed to have the medical coverage we had. But, uh, yeah, it, it just, we didn't have the overabundance. But we, but we were in good shape because we had great expertise and great resources. And, and you know. The, I mean, if you think about the, the, the primary care sports medicine physicians that came through that program are, are there's at least four that I know of, two two here at Ball State. Right, Dr. Jeremy Hunt and Dr. Ken Haller yeah, both went through I mean, the program but, but and you have, have been fantastic for us. You have Dr. Kim Harmon at the University of Washington. Yeah. There's, you have, um, who's at Nevada right now? I can't, um, uh, yeah. Mark. Stovak. Mark Stovak. Yeah. yeah. And I have yeah. not met Dr. Stovak, but, but he was another fellow that came through the program. Um, obviously, Dr. Yeah. Jones, who just retired, took care of Anderson University for years yeah. and years and years. Yeah. I mean, the, like you said, the quality of, of physicians that came through that fellowship, um, and very reflective of Dr. Severe and, and how their approach and, and how they did stuff, um, was, was pretty incredible. And, um, and so when you look back on that and you see those, you had that resource to help you get athletes better, um, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And, and I think that, um, as we asked for that highlight, I wanted to highlight that a little bit um, because I don't think that gets enough credit or attention when we talk about the history of Ball State athletic training. That was a really special time to have those resources. And uh, even when I came back on the tail end of that, we had a, a lot of quality uh, fellows that came through that program um, that uh, are doing great stuff out there. I mean, really. So. Yeah. No. It, <laughs> when, when you look back and just, I, I, I'm just so grateful for the for the period of time I've been in athletic training. I think it would have been really cool to have even gone back ten to twenty years and, and really been at kind of the inception of athletic training. But again, just so grateful to be having had part of such a an incredible experience with, with the students, with the physicians, with the fellowship program, and just just from top to bottom, uh, it, it was a great era. And, and and like everything else, you know, you got to adapt to change, and and things are changing a lot. And it's I think we're going to have growing pains in athletic training for the next twenty years to kind of see where it all levels out and what it becomes, but. Uh, but it, yeah, it's I, I I just feel so blessed to have, have been part of a very special era. Yeah, and and if you think about we we talked about when Rex 
was here, um, and you mentioned that the students were the kind of the highlight of that time. I think probably again you would say during this time that we're talking about here, even through your entire time as head athletic trainer at Ball State, the students have been the highlight for you in that. There's a lot of students that would say that you were the highlight of their their uh, uh, time here. And and uh, but do you remember some of the students through that when you started out that 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 kind of you know made an impression on you during that time? I mean. Um, there's a lot of them, so I, I don't I get it if you can't remember a few of them. Well, you know, it, when I, when I first when I first got there, there there were a couple things. I mean, number one, the students. So I mean, we already we I think we mentioned most of them. Probably forgot a few. Uh, the Wilson twins were there, Jan and Van. You know, I mean, just more great stories. But we talked about Brett. We talked about Mark. Talked about Dave. Uh, trying to remember when you know but, that, but like Bruce, you, Bruce was in that group. Yeah, but when and, you started as as the head athletic trainer, oh, I mean, so that first year again, just I mean, the the, the talent that that was handed over, you know, to to be part of our athletic training program at that time. You <laughs> had Kylie Canablo who who. These were all really good. Deanna and Rob Hunt was in, you know, yeah. his his senior year was <laughs> my first year in that role, and and uh, Trent Stratton had just graduated, uh, and Dennis Sunderman had just he had just graduated, I believe, maybe the year before. Brian Jones had just graduated, but Trent uh, just looking at that. That list of seniors that year, Melissa Shaw. Um, trying to remember that picture I had hanging up. I know that. Oh, oh, that's uh, what you, we needed pictures, didn't we? To remind us of we what did. we were doing. We 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 did. That. Uh, 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 Richardson. There was Dave Richardson, right? He might have already graduated. There was. Part of that group included Kevin Harrod, Casey Richardson, and Stacy John Kovacs. And uh, there, there may have been a couple others in there. We've mentioned some already, but uh, just a, a such a strong class of uh, seniors leading that way. And again, it just it was that, that a time that that's hard. I mean, you look back on that and you appreciate it more than than you knew at the time. Yeah, because that led to that led to students getting and and you were really working collaboratively with Tom on getting those kids in. Mike was leaving in 1998, correct? I mean, in correct. That yeah. But you had a group that you had um, Jamie Etzel Bros. Yep. Jason Eckerly. Yeah. Um, who was Jason's partner in crime that came from Vincennes? I'm trying to think. Um, Oh yes, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy Payne. Yep. Yeah, Jeremy there you Payne. Go. Bringing uh, them all back. Yeah, here, I'm bringing yeah. them all back for you. A little that, bit. They okay. might. They might have been a class or two after that '96 early or '97 class. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But they yeah. were early 2000s. I mean, you get into 
Sarah McGriff Messers then at that yeah, time. Jason Hines. Jason Hines. Chester yep. Coon. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tim Lintick. Yep. Boy, you're just, Another yeah. podcast guest, Tim, if you're listening. Yep. Trying to get you on the podcast. There we go. Uh, <laughs> who else would have been in there? Come on. Oh, Sarah's roommate uh, got her pictured. There's the picture. Aaron Foreman. Aaron Foreman was in that group, but that wasn't the roommate that I was thinking yeah. of. It was. For those of you listening, especially <laughs> Jason and Sarah, there we you'll, go. you'll remember that the, name. The, the off-the-roll contest is name the student-athletic trainers from 1996 to uh, 2003. Uh, if you can name them all, then uh, you'll you'll get whatever <laughs> new apparel that we're going to have out, you know, off-the-roll, a hat. You get a free bowl of soup with that hat, too, <laughs> while you're at it. So there you go. Uh, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I start, I, for even me, for the short time that I've had students, you know, the times of my career that I've had students, um, to remember every single student is is hard. It's really, really hard. And then you throw student athletes on there because I forget what somebody asked me at my job the other day. Like, um, do you remember what was your most? What do you remember as your most? Um, significant injury or something like that. And, and I have one kid that had a C1 fracture when I was in Indiana state, but, um, you know, it's, you start adding up all these people to try to remember names that you don't see every day, or you don't think about every day, or you don't run into. It's hard to kind of draw back on those, those memories to remember that. I, I just don't have that much, um, bandwidth is what they would call it to try to, to, drum that up, but however, if I was in a room with them or saw them real quickly, I could probably bring them up real quick. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just hear just hear their name mentioned, and it, yeah, it just brings back great memories. Yeah, exactly. So, we're, we're kind of almost halfway through your, your career. I guess we could call it halfway through, and then... Okay, there's part one of, of the Neil Hazen podcast. Um, we got through 17 years or a little bit more than that uh, of his career. The second part, part two, uh, will be the, the, the latter part. And, and just for you that know, Neil's still employed at Ball State. Um, he's just on medical leave at this point, and, and uh, um, who knows what could happen. There's lots of possibilities out there for him. Obviously, he could retire if he wanted to, but uh, he's still kind of staying in the loop, uh, just trying to see what his opportunities are with that. So we'll learn more about that in part two, and uh, looking forward to, to hearing from you on your feedback. Uh, regards via email at off the roll podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at our Twitter account or on my Facebook account. You can just email or direct message me on what your feedback is for the podcast, but, um, or text me those of you got my phone number. Some of you can still text me on that too. We appreciate the feedback on knowing what's going on and how you're feeling about the podcast. So part two coming right up.